Oh man. Oh man. Oh man. Not again. Yeah, I learned the game from William Wesley. You can never check me. Back to back for the niggas that didn't get the message. Back to back like I'm on the cover of Lethal Weapon. Welcome back to back another to episode like of Lethal Creative. Today I am joined by my man SJ. SJ and I have met before this. We met at the Young Guns Awards. Uh, SJ, thanks for coming on the podcast, first and foremost. Thanks, so thanks for having me, man. How did it feel to win Young Guns 15? Uh, I think it was pretty. It was a. It was an important award for me to win because obviously with uh, with award shows, it's usually like a piece of work, you know, that you enter, yeah. like one piece of work, and with that, there's a certain level of sort of like insecurity, you know, because you judged on one piece. You could have just had a really good day, or yeah. um, a lucky strike, or anything like that, you know. And it kind of, for me, it just felt like it's cool and all, but I'm not sure if I'm actually that good, yeah. <laughs> you know. Imposter um, syndrome, man. Everybody has it. That's what I've, that's what this podcast has taught me. Everybody feels that way, even the be- the yeah. very best. So, but I feel you. Though. I feel the same way. I feel that way about yes. this podcast. So, <laughs> <laughs> so basically, the fact that um, Young Guns judges um, a body of work, you know, so you have to enter six pieces, and all six pieces need to stand out as a collective. Uh, so it judges consistency instead of just having one really one really strong piece. Right. And on top of that, it's multidisciplinary. So you're not just competing um, in film or whatever you do, but as a creative collective. Right. Uh, so it represents you as an artist as a whole, which is something that's you know uh, quite liberating, quite different. Yeah. And to be able to win that is, I mean, it's it's like for, I don't know. It just kind of reassures you in an international market um, oh, yeah. across across the board with other artists and it also kind of like says listen i mean out of all your six pieces they are pretty all right so you're not that bad right right, right. <laughs> director you know well you also won the uh creative choice award which is which is huge yeah i mean that was um yeah so basically it's like best of class um voted by the creatives um so basically like people vote for you and they look at your work as a collective and then they vote for whose work they believe stood out the most Right. Um, and it was kind of funny because, like, after after the, we sort of announced the class, I was standing in the audience and talked to some of the other winners. I was like, ah, oh, making fun of the award. I was like, ah, if it's a voting process, probably about who's got the most followers. Right, and, like, right, right. Got, like, or who worked where kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, who's who? You know, it's more about, like, your reputation than your actual work. So yeah. I was kind of like, well, I'm just this boy from Africa. You know, just took a Yo, that's the name you of the know, book. I'm, 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 that's the name of the book, bro. I'm just this boy from Africa. <laughs> that's the name of the book, yeah. Dude, that would be a New York Times bestseller for people to sell that on. Just a picture of you looking fresh as could possibly be. <laughs> and that's it, yeah. Just a boy just from Africa the, trying to make boy it. boy from Africa, yeah. That's amazing. And then, Go ahead. You know, <laughs> as, I'm, as, I'm, as I'm laughing with everybody else, uh, they call out my name and I'm kind of like, ah... Uh, this is awkward. I'm going to go get that <laughs> award now. Yeah, that's hilarious. I was like, oh, I, I sort of made fun of it, you know, and I kind of like walked up. And it's kind of weird. It's kind of surreal because, you know, when you go to like award shows and like there's only certain awards that people get to say a speech. Right. And I'd, I'd be sitting at Cannes and like, you know, you win gold and you, go, you get your, your trophy and then you kind of like, yo, Grand Prix guys or whatever, lifetime you're to say a speech. I'd love to say a speech someday at, a, at an award show. Right, right, right. So then that happened and they gave me the mic. I'm like, what, what am I meant to do with this thing? Oh my God, <laughs> I know. Yo, dude, you uh, killed that speech. Yeah, well, I don't know, man. I just you started like, inviting people up on stage. Yo, you owned it. I loved it. <laughs> 
Yeah, those are the people that are responsible for where I am, you know, and I owe all my success to them. You know, it's not about me. Hell yeah. Um, that was such a class that, move, dude. That was a that was a good move. I thought that was really cool that you did that. Yeah. That was, was a good night, y'all. I think everybody there had the best time ever. Young young guns, they they nailed it. Everybody yeah, I know. Over there. Amazing. Shout out the to all my friends. Spoke to um, the people's work that I saw. A lot of people that I actually looked up to were in that crowd. You know? I was like starstruck half the time. Yeah. Who were some of those people? Because I know some of them. Yeah. Um, Busby is one of them. Yeah, he's cool. Uh, I met him. Then Mar Marcio. Like his work totally stood out. And what happened, the reason why I started following him um, was because there was a Nokia spot that was going around um, when you know Nokia relaunched and he did he did these spots um, or like the women bikers and the kid the ballet dancers in Africa right. and all of that so they did a South African link and I pitched on that and they showed that as the reference of like the previous work that was done ah. on the campaign That's crazy. so when I saw it, when I saw it on his reel I was like wait I know that guy um, but so unfortunately, across like the other side of the world, kind of thing. Yeah, That's crazy. I mean, we sort of like interacted across parts without even knowing, and then yeah. meeting each other at Young Guns was 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 something was was something else. Master oh, yeah. Frost, Henry Busby, Mind Castle. Yeah, those yeah. three were like the best for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right, go ahead. Sorry, your story. Um, okay, so basically, I grew up. Um, in a, a what we call a township, uh, I grew up there, uh, born now with the silver spoon in my mouth. You know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah. for me, it was it was still family and happiness. So I didn't really see much of a difference. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, man. I mean, I think as as being an African, I think intrinsically we're just natural born storytellers. Right. Um, it's just part of who we are, our personality. We're always telling stories, whether it be through music. Um, you know, we were telling stories as soon as we discovered fire, because that's what we did around fires, yeah. you know, and, and dance, and we're such an expressive people. Right. Um, and the sad thing about it was that we're so expressive that we've been forced to think that, you know, it's better off to be like a lawyer or a doctor or something like that, because that's the only thing that's going to save you. Right. Uh, that's going to take you out of that poverty or whatever. But that was just in the back of my mind. I really didn't think much of it until I sort of went to high school and I started, you know, having to pick my career. Um, and then I kind of was, um, I, I did all right at school, I didn't do too badly, and I was an athlete. So I got like a scholarship for athletics at some, uh, at a couple of uni universities. Um, I got accepted for law, IT, and uh, politics. Oh, wow. Uh, so my parents were like super stoked about that. Um, right. So they kind of were like, okay, cool, you know, my son's going to go study law. Um, and all of that. And then I woke up one day and I, I was like, wait, like, what am I doing? You know? Yeah. And I remember we had a cross in Alex. But just curious, how old were you when that happened? Because it's an interesting, because it happens to people at all different times in their life. But when did that, when when were you in, how old were you in, in school when you were there? And like, what made you realize that? I think it was my final year when I had to apply for college. Yeah. Uh, we call it um, university. Yep. So what you have to apply. So you apply, I think it's called sophomore year in America, but that's called grade 11 for your final year. Yeah. You apply to universities based on your grade 11 marks. Yeah. So we work on a mark system. And okay. then they, they preliminary accept you based on your marks. And then you do your final year in high school. And then if your marks match, they accept you. It's uh, okay. to apply to. 
Yeah. So during those two years when I was kind of deciding, and then have a class called like life orientation, which is like life skills or whatever. Yeah. So my teacher or lecturer, whatever you call them, said said to us, if you had to be anything in this world, if money wasn't a, an option or a, like it wasn't a thing, if, even if this career did, doesn't exist, if you had to make up a career, something that you would live doing, what would it be? Yeah. So I sat and I thought, I'd be like, I'd be a traveling storyteller. Right. And then in that moment where I had to go do like law, I woke up and I was like, this is not me. Right. Um, like the two I, things kind of just like juxtapose and you're like, nah, I'm not doing yeah, that. Yeah. I, yeah. Because I kind of sort of like. I've been there, myself, man. I've been there myself. Yeah. I know exactly what that feels like. So I kind of asked myself a, a, a different question. I didn't ask myself like, what? What do I want to be? I ask myself, who do I want to be? Because I don't want to equate myself to a profession. Right. I want the profession to speak to my personality and who I am as a person. And 100%. I was like, I'm a storyteller. Yeah. You know. And for me, film, I didn't want to be like a, a specifically a film director or anything. For me, it was a medium. It was a language that I had to learn. If I'm trying to communicate, I can either communicate in English, Spanish, German, or whatever. Right. I wanted to be a storyteller, and the language I chose was film. It could have been music, it could have been poetry, it could have been art. Right. As long as I was telling stories, but the one I was drawn to the most was film. Yeah. And I had to learn that language. So I did that. I, I, I applied. I didn't tell my parents. They thought I was going to go study law. And I remember my dad uh, waking up and was like, yo, dude, aren't you meant to go to like college? Right. You know? And yeah. I was like, um, <laughs> well, yeah, but it's not it's not this week, it's the oh, following no. week. And he's like, no, I checked on the calendar, you're going today. And I was like, well, I'm sorry, I kind of didn't go study law. I'm, I'm, I'm going to film school. I'm going to be a, I'm gonna be in film. <laughs> oh, my God, yo. <laughs> it was absolutely living. Wow. Um, but, yeah, look, I kind of did it. And I was like, you know what, it's fine. Um, so I went. And, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and that was how I got into film school. Um, sort of, yeah, and then I studied and it was quite tough because obviously coming from a, a, a previously disadvantaged background, right. you know, you don't have access to films or anything like that. I think the only film that I ever watched, which I probably saved up for a, a whole month to buy a, a movie ticket was Jurassic Park. I love that um, movie. The only director, yeah, the only director I ever knew was Steven Spielberg. Yeah. But besides that, I didn't know it. That was that was the amount of my film knowledge. Um, wow. So as I was going through school and all of that, and obviously I'd see like blockbusters and and whatever, like every now and then. Right. You know. Yeah. But, but I didn't have extensive knowledge of the history of film. Like I don't know what Citizen Kane was. I don't know who right. Kubrick was. Like, at what age did you actually start like being able to watch all the films? Um. When I when I actually. In terms of for learning, I started watching the films maybe like mid-high school, towards the end of high school. Okay. That's when I started watching the films. Yeah. Um, but more so when I started studying, because obviously like it was very, very like yuppie. And right. like people would say like stuff like, you know, if you don't know Citizen Ken, if you don't know this director, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Brothers, you're not a real filmmaker. I didn't know any of those orcs, man. I was just kind of like, yo, who are these people? So I thought, <laughs> Can you guys give me like a... Like a list or something? That's so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I thought that was a weakness, but it turned out to be a strength. Um, yeah. Because, Ignorance you know, is bliss. The, yeah, when we started making films and, like, and our practicals, everybody else was just making a copy of everything that they knew or, like, the combination of every film that they've ever watched. 
So it just became like a Quentin Tarantino copy um, in an African setup. You know what I'm saying? And then we have that design. There's everyone's always ripping off John Contino or Malika or whoever. It's the same. Every industry has that that thing. So that's an interesting take, though. That like, if you don't know, that's almost like a gift. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I think my work was quite unique because it was mine. There was nothing. I I learned all the basics and like how to construct a story and how to you know. And yeah. then I just kind of told what was in my heart and at the top of the class each year. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously I graduated and it was now time to start my career and I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. Right. Um, and I didn't have a very good final year for unforeseen circumstances. Right. Um, so, I, you know, I always went to uh, like university or college not with the expectancy to be employed by two employees, especially working in the arts. Right. I always knew that as soon as I leave, I'm not going to go and like knock on people's doors and say, hey, listen, hire me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because the market's already so saturated. I'll be like, well, I'm going to be that guy that starts their own shop and, and works for myself and express their vision in the industry. So that's exactly what I did. I started my own company, which is called Dirty Sheets Media. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I had no clue what I was doing. And I got this one client and he asked me, hey, can you direct, can you produce? I was like, yes, I can. Can you edit? I was like, dude, I'm the best editor. Everything <laughs> that you threw at me, I was like, dude, I am After guy. Effects, I got it. And you're like, what and, is yeah, After Google, like, what yeah. is After Effects? Yeah, yeah. yeah dude, I spent like most of my time on YouTube and Google trying to figure that stuff out. <laughs> yeah, it's the only way to do it. Yeah, so eventually I figured it out, and then at that point I sort of raised enough money to get a, like a small black like, room as an office space. Right, right. Um, and I had to pay the lease. And at that point, Seven Films approached me. They seen my work somehow, or they contacted the university and asked for their top students, and I was one of them. Wow. Um, and they they sort of like, look, we're interested um, to meet with you and see, you know, if you'd like to join the company on a mentorship program. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, uh, well, I've got my own, like, black owned, black owned business right now, you know, and I'm not, I'm not sure if I want to go, you know, work for a you know, white owned business in Cape Town. Right. But Lawrence Brisbane was one of the most accredited directors in South Africa. Yeah. So I like, listen, I have the option to maybe make money right now and screw up everything because I actually don't know anything. And when I do eventually mess up, that's my career over. Right. Or I could go be taught by the best, not make money, but learn quicker than most. Yes. Um, Smart so I was move. Like, <laughs> I was like, okay, look, I'm going to go learn from the best. So they said, look, you've got 12 hours to make a decision uh, whether or not you want to move down to Cape Town. Because I'm from Johannesburg. So I was okay. like, cool. So I went back home and I told my folks, I'm like, listen, guys, I'm going to Cape Town. I sold my company, sold How everything that, that I had. How many? Like- it's uh, it's uh, about 1,000, uh, 1,100, 1,200 kilometers. So about a two-hour flight. Okay. So far. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah, yeah, not good so news far. again for mom and dad. <laughs> yeah, not so much. It's like 14 hours drive. Just constantly. No, that's uh, good. Yeah, so I was kind of like, dude, I'm going. So I put a car and I drove down. I didn't have a place to stay or whatever. Uh, I worked for free. Um, I sort of like lived out of my car and from my couch to couch, but I was always at the office first. Um, do what I had to do to learn, you know? And then eventually they were like, okay, cool, dude. Like, we worked hard. We'll start paying you a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I was doing We're, all we're the starting prime. to feel bad. Yeah. Yeah, I was doing all the primary work. I was writing the treatments. Um, Whatever had to be done, making the coffees, staying up late, doing edits, 
Um, kind of the yeah. coming in through the mailroom approach. I love that. Yeah. But you're you're in the building because you, yeah, you chose to be that's, humble. That's you know what I'm saying? So for people yeah. starting out that are that are in that position, they're on that that uh, that couch surfing yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. kind of thing that you did there. And I, I've been there before, uh, like just super broken, like really kind yeah. of struggling. Sammy, Sammy knows. Uh, but like when you're in that position, what do you do to turn it around? And how did you go from that to to like where you are now? Um, so basically, what happened? I think the the, the one thing that I learned while I was PAing and, you know, I got the opportunity to like learn and, and be mentored. Right. And I remember I, I bumped into like a, a big, a big creative uh, director, his name was Ashley, mm -hmm. very big. And I sort of took out my student reel and I was like, look how good my my work is. And, you know, I was like, can you, you know, can you, you know, I'm trying to break in, you know, I'm just yeah. saying, I'm trying to learn, but like you are the, you are the person that's giving out the scripts, can you can you give me a chance. Yeah, and then he looked at it and he kind of like laughed, and then he went and told my mentor, the director, on the job, and then the director came to me and he's like, "Dude, what are you doing? Like, what are you actually doing?" And I'm like, "I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to like, you know, show him how good I am." And he's like, "Dude, you don't do that." So I was like, "Okay, then how do you ask me a question? Like, how do you make someone invest in you, but give you the time of day when you have nothing to show?" And I couldn't answer it. I was like, I don't know, like, you work hard, you ask it. You're like, no, it's simple. You make them care about you. You make them invest in you as a person and not um, what you have. Right. And in fact, they can hold you and, 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 and mold you if they care about you. So yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. And then I got the script in, and it was for free. It was like nothing. It was just like something hanging around, and my mentor was kind of like, do you want to shoot this? And I was like, yeah, sure. I'd love to have a stab at it. It was maybe like a crew of three people, and then I was scared, scared like shitless. I had no clue what I was doing. Kind of just went with my guts, um, and then in that moment, but I gave it my all. I knew that was probably like the first or the last opportunity I was ever gonna get. So I grabbed it with both hands, right. and I did the best that I could. And a couple of months later, it catapulted me to who I am today. One all over the world, gold can. Um, all the Canaries, uh, Pandorings. Uh, I, I was 22 at the time. Wow. Um, and then from that, you know, kind of like every like job started, you know, trickling in, and I was trying to learn as much as I could. Right. And yeah, and then from then on, sort of the past, I've only been directing for a year and a half. Um, so from then on, every piece that I did, I just tried to do it in that same vein. And yeah. So what do you think? Like the. So what do you think? Like the best lesson is, you know, like when, when you're in that moment, you're going for like the the ask. Um, yeah. And I think that that's like, you know, I hate to keep bringing bringing it up, but I, you know, he's somebody I listen to all the time. Like when when Gary Vaynerchuk talks about like, you know, jab 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 right hook. Yeah. The, yeah. This, this philosophy of like give it, you know, giving more than you're taking kind of thing. And I feel yeah. like when you're when you're young, I I know I was. I mean, like I'm so much more patient now than I was yeah. a, a year ago. But I I just wanted like that same thing like you did, just like that quick elevator pitch of like this is gonna be the make or break moment. Yeah. And I would like to serve as like I, this is what I I hope I could be. I hope I could be the poster child that shows that like even yeah. if you have those connections, it's about yeah. it's about the work. So there's like there's never like a retweet. 
Like, yeah. you know, like you would, like, for example, like John Contino. You would think having John Contino on your podcast would, like, that would be it. And you would be, yeah, like, yeah. put on. Yeah, like, yeah. That's so not true. Mad people are lazy. You're going to get, like, maybe, like, seven new likes. Like, there's no. There's nobody yeah. you meet or no like crazy psycho move that you do. And the most like, like satisfying and gratifying things in my career have been those things that like took forever, but I was patient yeah. and I didn't freak out and I took another meeting and another meeting and another meeting. Yeah. Like those, those are like the big things. Those are the big deals. And like every once in a while, like you'll get an opportunity to have a big ask, but like usually for the most part, just like yeah. head head down working, like happy to head be down. happy to be there is the vibe. Yeah, I think I was so not like is, that though. I'm guilty of not being yeah. like that at all. You're I'm still not money. like that. You're totally on the money. I think mm-hmm. that's it. Wait for the right opportunity. Don't stab at everything. Yeah. You have to wait. And when that opportunity comes, you give it everything that you've got. Yeah. You know, I, it's like fighting. You know, when you're in the ring, you know, right. the greatest fighters Mayweather. Muhammad Ali, you know, with Ali, when he beat Fraser, Fraser was like two times bigger than him, could have hit more than him, but he took the right. punches. He took the punches. If it was on points, yeah. he would have lost. You know, but he waited for that opening, that one opening, and it took one jab exactly. to knock a giant down. And that's what you got to do. You just yeah. got to keep your head down, defend, defend, defend. And when you find that opening, right. you give it everything that you've got instead of tearing out yourself for things that aren't actually going to get you anywhere, especially when you're starting out. You have to make a bang, and that yeah. means waiting for that dime, waiting for that goal. Exactly. And you just keep, you keep doing that. It's more important saying no than saying yes. Yeah. You have to stay in the ring, even if you're yeah. getting the shit kicked out of you. Like you got to get back to your corner, like figure out what you're gonna do, and then like yeah. get back in it. Otherwise, otherwise, yeah. like if you're just on the sidelines, like you know, just wait yeah, for your yeah. hole. But you gotta you gotta take a beating sometimes in order to get that. In order to get that moment, like that moment you're talking yeah. about, a lot of times that's like after you've been punched in the face a couple of times. Yeah, right? a lot of times. A but lot that of win times. is just behind that. That counter punch is just behind it's that. Just that. You just hung in there one more round and went back to your corner. This sounds yeah, like a crazy analogy, but when, like when you live it, you'll you'll it see. Works. This is it's so yeah, it fucking works. true. It happens again and again in my life. Oh, I yeah, love you hit on that. Yeah, dude, because if you come out swinging the whole time you're open, dude, that guy's going to knock you out. Yep. Knock you out cold. So you got to go in to hit down. Yes. Hit down, you know what I'm saying? And no one great, if not, no one great has come from a place of privilege. Yep, exactly. And you look at, like, the be- like you just, like, I, I, know, I don't want to keep going down this analogy, but, like, you look at, like, the best fighters of all time. Like, they, they, come, from, they come from nothing. You're just yeah. going to have that mindset, that, that fighting mindset. Because yeah, people are like think, waiting for permission. I keep telling them. Take your opportunities. You know, yep. like you have to just take them. You gotta own them. You can't ask for permission to wait for anyone. You gotta run your race. Like, if, like I don't know, because I used to be a sportsman. Right. I, I I compare everything to sports. Sports has taught me has taught me quite a lot. You know. Yeah. And one of the things that I learned when I was an athlete when I was running. Right. They always said, never look back. Never look at who's running next to you or who's, you know, behind you or who's in front of you. You gotta keep your head down and run your race. You know, you're running yeah. against time. You know, because someone, yeah, someone could be in front of you when they stop, but you don't know when they're gonna gas out. Yeah, so just it, run. It's true, man. Beat your own time. Beat your own time. And it's funny because, like, a lot of times people will kind of come up with these constructs in their head. I know I did, like, kind of this thing of like, you know, 
that the like the old guard or like it comes yeah. up, it's just like man it's it's all just a manifestation of the ego but you know it's like they're holding me down or they're not giving me a chance or like whenever you're in that whenever you're in that mode like that's an excuses mode because like really you you have the opportunity with your work to force their hand you, you know? have your own purpose you can pick for whatever you can pick for like accept that and, and respect it yeah um, and you'll be all right man totally I mean, it's like, I mean it's scary every day i wake up and i feel like i don't know what the hell i'm doing i just yeah. go with my guts go with my spirit train um i just hope when the battle comes i'm ready yeah exactly so yeah. you know you your, your journey is amazing you're here you're in california today you were in new york like a, a week or two ago you're living the dream uh you're out here showing your work you know around the world um Let's go from a practical place. So somebody is in that position and they're trying to get, you know, be a producer or a director or whatever. They want to be in film. Yeah. Uh, what's the biggest things that you've learned since you've left school and you've been in, in the real world? And what are some of the things to, to keep in mind, software to know? Yeah, yeah. I think the most important thing, especially being a young, a young creative, is you have to be multi-talented. There's no other way. There's no such thing as a specialist anymore. You have to be multi-talented because, first of all, that's how you're going to make it up. Because, I mean, I edit my own stuff, I shoot my own stuff, I create my own stuff because I don't have the money to hire anybody else. So I have to do it, to do it myself. Yeah. So you got to be in the know because we're in the digital, in the digital age now. You yeah. know, it, everything is accessible. So you got to know what's the latest camera. You got to know how to make your job easier. Yep. You know, whether you're getting the latest camera, what's nimble according to sort of like your abilities, which editing software, what grading software, especially as a director, you have to know every single, every single person's discipline because if you're going to guide and direct them you need to know how to communicate with right. them. so you need to learn that language or like what they're called what, they're what called. their name is what their name rank is what, is. They do, what their rank is what 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 does that camera do what does that edit, editing software do you know because film, film is like uh what's the, what's that that word um uh, paramilitary like it, it's it's structured it's structured like like an organization like it has a yeah, a ranking system that you have to yeah. abide by or it like doesn't work, which is kind of crazy. You don't think about that. Yeah. But if you don't know how to navigate that space, then how the hell yeah, are you going to get to an interview? Mean, yeah, but dude, on a practical level, you just have to learn and like teach yourself as much as possible um, on a practical basis. You know, you know what the industry standard is. You know, when you go to an interview and you talk to a big time producer, you know, you need to respect them enough to research their work. You need to know what what they've done if you're talking to them they're going to ask you questions like what kind of director do you want to be what kind of stuff do you want to shoot you need to know you need to know who's doing what why they're doing that how are they doing it so you're researching more than you're actually doing right and and the more you know the more the more it's not it's not it's it's funny this is a tricky thing because it's not leverage so you knowing a lot about them is not leverage because it's like you're you're not going to change their opinion because you know things about them but yeah. it may buy you more time. So, like, let's yeah. say it's a 15-minute meeting, and then the first five minutes of the thing, you talk about, you know, what, I, I'm obsessed with your film, blah, blah, blah. What was it like when you did that? You might, just from having had done the research, you may now, mm. that may now be a 45, you know, a continuing yeah. conversation. Yeah, so you can't I mean, just go in there and, like, wishful thinking. Yeah, you can't, you can't because, look, people can smell bullshit from a mile away. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that are faking it to make it. Half of us are doing it anyways, but right. be good at faking it, you know, like yeah. learn as much as you can. Don't you show know, your like, hand, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the most important thing, you know, that I've learned. And obviously, like, respect um, people's time, 
uh, practical things like that. Like just be punctual, be there on time, you know, treat people respectfully, be open. Um, don't think you're the hottest shit that ever hit, uh, hit the earth, you know? Like don't believe your own hype because that's going to be the death of you. Yeah. Um, you're, always, you're always getting better. You know, you're always learning. You never stop learning. You're never ever at the top. And keep the same heart you started with because that's, that's what made you who you are. Once that heart starts changing, what made you special isn't there anymore. Yeah, exactly. So, so be the first person you are when you started. When you made that breakthrough, you see who that person was. Right. That's who you need to sort of revisit and become. Because when the lifestyle comes, you start thinking, oh, I'm the shit now. I don't need to do anything more. Right. The hunger that got you where you are is gone now. And then you're just going to be replaced with right someone back. else. You go right back. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, the one thing that I I've learned, I don't I don't think I'm the most talented person. I think there's a lot more people that are more talented and more knowledgeable than I am. But one thing I hold dear to my heart is that listen, if talent doesn't work, hard work beats talent. If talent doesn't work hard, dude. Simple. That's it. That's the end. We have to end on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the tweet. Tweet that at Meet the Creative. No S. Oh my God, SJ. This has been so much fun. Uh, I'll be. Thanks. I'll happily have you have. Have you on again? Whenever you yeah, want to come, whenever you want to come back, SJ has time. had to move around, as you could probably tell by the audio on this, like nine different times. But we made it. We did. We it. made it. Yeah. I feel woke now. I feel like I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready to go work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, oh, if there's man. a world, there's a way. Like, yes. you, man. Thank you very Not much again. for having me. Thank you for your talk. Cheers, brother. Thank you. Yeah, I learned a game from William Wesley, you can never check me Back to back for the niggas that didn't get the message Back to back like I'm on the cover of Lethal Weapon Back to back like I'm Jordan 96, 97, whoa Very important and very pretentious When I look back, I might be mad that I gave this attention Yeah, but it's weighing heavy on my conscience Yeah, and fuck you left the boy, no options I wanna see my niggas go insane You gon' make me step out of my fucking frame you gon' make me buy bottles for Charlemagne. You gon' make me go out of my fucking way. I waited four days, nigga, where y'all at? I drove here in the rave playing AR app. I'm not sure what it was that really made y'all mad. But I guess this is what I gotta do to make y'all rap. I mean, oh, can't fool the city, man, they know what's up. Second floor of Tussie's getting shoulder rubs. This for y'all to think that I don't write enough. Thanks for checking out this episode of Meet the Creatives. If you enjoyed it, uh, make sure you add me on Instagram, Meet the Creatives NY, and let me know your thoughts. And make sure you subscribe on iTunes. All right. Have a wonderful day. Peace.